another episode of Pacino Pod. I'm Callie and I'm here with my lovely co-host Jane. How are you tonight, Jane? Oh, you know, I've, I'm alright. You know, my glasses broke and I ran out of gas today, but I'm here to talk about a wonderful film, so it evens out. <laughs> what is film if not something to just numb the pain? <laughs> oh God, yeah, that's 100% correct on that one unless we're unless it's a week where we will talk about a bad movie and then it just i'm sorry (laughs) fortunately that's not one of those weeks (laughs) yeah uh today we're here to talk to you about carlito's way which came out in 1993 and was directed by brian de palma so revisiting de palma second time uh de palma's worked with pacino and the last time, unless they magically make another movie together in the next two years, I don't know. I'm both pretty old at this point. <laughs> I, I think De Palma is still making movies and still like pretty like spry. Like I, I just watched him in. I think he has a movie coming out, or was supposed to have one coming out this year. Maybe they pushed it back to next year. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, and I just saw this headline before. Like, right before you sent me the message to let me know that you were online, I saw a headline that said that he is making a Harvey Weinstein-based horror movie. Okay. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I don't know if De Palma is the person that handled that with the most tact in the world based I just on saw his filmography. So- but <laughs> I just saw so many emotions, like, roll through you. It was so funny. Jane just looked around the room like as if, you know, it was kind of like an office moment where it's like look to camera. It was like Jane was like looking around at like, can can you guys fucking believe this? <laughs> um, so yeah, I think, but I think that this is, I mean, I, I've only seen Scarface, Carrie, and Carlito's Way. But I think out of the three, which I think are probably his most famous films, right? Um, yeah, that and, uh, well, I mean, Mission Impossible. The first oh, Mission Impossible, he did right. Probably. That's more like <laughs> commercially, box office sort of thing. But I think, yeah. Probably, yeah, I think that's really his only, like, big franchise film he's ever done, is the first Mission Impossible. Ah. <laughs> uh, which I think David Kep also helped write that movie, same screenwriter as this film. But yeah, I, I fucking love Carlito's Way. Like, it was so good. I think at first I didn't like it. Like, it took a second for me to start liking it. You were telling me you didn't like the narration at all, which I loved. Because I loved the narration because it reminded me of, like, this, like, of, like, a 1940s, like, film noir thing um, where they just have, like, the main character, like, um, has... Like, you, from right away from, like, the beginning of the film, you know, like, something bad happens to the main character at the end, and he's just, like, narrating, like, the shit that led up to it. Yeah, it's very... So that's, I kind of like that aspect. It's very Sunset Boulevard. Hmm, yeah, that's a good way to... That's a good comparison. Because, like, right away, like, first shot, you see him get shot, and you're like, okay, so we know he dies. (laughs) And so the whole time you're just, like... Like, just waiting, like, how the, how does he, like, what happens to get him into this fucking mess, and, like, you know, 
And but the 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 nice thing about this movie though is even with knowing that he dies at the beginning, like you know it from the beginning that he dies at the end. It's the last twenty minutes are still super tense, and the whole time you're like, yeah. I, I hope he gets like he's gonna get out and he's like even if, like the very end you're like yeah he's gonna make it and then it's still you're like oh wait never mind <laughs> I know yeah this movie yeah it did have that noir f- feel and I think I like I'm very hit or miss with voiceover in screenwriting class actually when I had Wilmot he said that like he was just saying you know it's very hit or miss like it either works or it doesn't. And it can come across very fake to your audience. Or, you know, it, it's just, like, it depends on how it's written. And it can be, it's, like, a very fine line to toe. So I think at the beginning, I thought it was, like, a little bit cheesy. And I think also, to be honest, the thing that set me off was just Pacino's accent. Like, hearing that... Um, and the voiceover was so much more, like, in your face than just hearing him kind of with everybody else and in conversation, and I feel like it made it stand out to me, but I think after hearing Edwin Torres talk, um, who is the author of the books that the movie is based on, and actually Pacino met him in 1973 when he was doing research for Serpico, so they're kind of like old friends. Um, after hearing Edwin Torres talk and, um, him explaining why he told Pacino to talk that way, I think, like, A, he does a good job of sounding like Eddie Torres, and B, um, I guess Spanish Harlem is, like, a very, like, it's a mix of accents, and so it makes sense for Pacino to have this sort of, like, amalgamation of voices, like, it's okay for him to sound like that. So I think once I kind of took myself out of that, the voiceover really worked for me. Like, I really loved the writing of it. And that last bit is so beautiful. Like, do you know how many rappers have sampled that last monologue where he's like, tired, baby, tired? Yeah, no, like, Carlita's Way is another one of those um, movies that has is, like, enshrined in hip-hop lexicon now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which seems to be like a running trend with Brian De Palma film. <laughs> it's like with, between this one and Scarface, uh, they get uh, it samples a lot. <laughs> you know, I was, um, I was thinking. It about makes that. sense though with Carlito's way though. It's like, I mean, I was reading that like Brian De Palma was really hesitant to work to like want to do this before he read the script because he was thinking, oh, another, like, Latin gangster film with Al Pacino is just going to look like I'm just redoing Scarface again, and I really, like, he's the kind of director who's not really interested in, like, repeating himself, but once he actually read the script, he was like, oh, this is completely different. This is telling a completely different story. Because whereas Scarface, Scarface was all about, like, the, the character of Tony Montana is, like, trying to build up into this, like, empire. It's his own hubris that, like, destroys him, where, like, Carlito is like, already been through that whole process and has, like, seen the shit and was, like, doesn't want to have to have anything to do with it anymore because he sees it for what it is. And so he just, he spends the whole film trying to uh, get out of that whole environment and constantly being, like, pulled back in by other, like, by really the same person that got him out of, uh, to be able to try and 
get out of that life is the guy who kept pulling him back in at the end, and that was uh, Sean Penn's character, the sleazebag lawyer guy. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, because you know, at the beginning of the film, it's shown that, like, oh, yeah, he, he was able to get Carlito out of prison through, like, some loophole technicality because the cops fucked up. And, like, but he just goes off the rails <laughs> and, like, like, stealing from mob bosses and dragging Carlito into his shit because he knows he can't, like, take care of it on it, on his own. And it's just, like, you know, just this biggest fucking asshole on the planet. <laughs> like, just, like, just an irredeemable piece of shit. And actually, like, the thing that I like, once again, you know, I just doing just cursory reading about it was that in the book which this is the movie's based off of the second book <laughs> yeah it's confusing because in the, the first book is called carlito's way but this movie is mostly based off the second one which um oh god what was the it was called after hours um but they didn't want to call it after hours because there was already a martin scorsese movie that was like a famous movie called after hours so they just called it carlito's way but in the book in the book after hours the the lawyer character he doesn't die but uh brian de palma really like believes in like vindication and justice so he wrote he specifically wrote in for for sean penn's character to actually get his comeuppance which it's like the most rewarding like satisfying scene in the whole movie so like was really happy that he added that part in. <laughs> you told me that you uh, you said out loud, "Hell yes," and I said, "Beautiful." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> out like, loud. it's just so it's just such a great <laughs> moment because you know that he's like visiting him in the hospital, um, and he's like, you know, like does it in the way where he's like giving him a tip about like, "Oh, you want to put your gun here." Like the whole time he's just taking bullets out of he's just taking bullets out of the chamber. So when the when the guy comes to assassinate him, there's no there's no bullets in the gun and he just gets fucking killed and you're like, Fuck yes, thank God. Okay, yeah. It's it's such a good moment. Yeah, I, I was re- like, um, some beautiful angel put the special features and the entire like forty five minutes of special features from the D V D or maybe from the Blu-ray release, I'm not sure. Uh, it seemed like some of the interviews were from after, like a, a bit removed from the release. Um, but it's all on YouTube, so you can listen to all of like De Palma talking about this and stuff. Edwin Torres was also quite a bit in the special features, and he was saying that the book um, Carlito's Carlito's Way, the first one, is Carlito's like asshole adolescence into his like early adulthood and then after hours is him being um recently released from jail and like trying to go straight so carlito's way is actually based off of after hours which i think you you already said that so yeah no but but, but interestingly though the um the sequel prequel directed dvd prequel <laughs> that came out in the 2000s i think it's like called carlito's way rise to power or whatever is actually like base is is based off the first book but most people say it's terrible even though edwin torres was like saying well it is you know edwin torres did say it was like pretty close to like what the book is like um by all accounts, most people agree it's not a very good movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, like it has Pete, like Diddy is it? Like Diddy is one of the actors in the movie, and I think like Louis Louis Guzman is like one of the only people from the 
first Carlitos Way movie to actually like to <laughs> to reprise his role in this in the prequel. <laughs> Uh, in the special features, Marty Bregman said that he fucking hated this screenplay to begin with, and he didn't really like the story, but Pacino was just so... I mean, he knew Torres, and he really liked the the character of Carlito, and so that's why they brought on um, David Kep, who I was looking at what else he's written. He's fucking insane. So, like... In the special features, I just see this kind of, like, nerdy, redheaded, sort of, like, respectable guy, and he's, like, very humble and, like, talking about how he, like, fucked up this part of the screenplay and, like, it was really offensive and so he had to rewrite it. I mean, but he was very, you know, like, like, apologetic and then, like, immediately fixed it and, like, left it up to Luis Guzman to, like, add any sort of, like, accent. That was what the crew that, like, I guess there was a lot of Latino crew members who found the screenplay to be offensive, um, for Pachanga's lines, the way David Kep wrote it, they were just like, maybe you shouldn't write things like that. But the other movies that he's written, (laughs) Jurassic Park, Stir of Echoes, Spider-Man, Mission Impossible, The Mummy, he wrote Indiana Jones (laughs) and the Crystal Skull, he wrote Lego Indiana Jones, and then he wrote War of the Worlds, Secret Window, Panic Room. Like, he's written all of these, like, yeah, huge he, movies. The, um, I do, you mentioned he, he worked on Jurassic Park, which I believe was the film that came out right before Carlita's Way, which I wanted to mention. There's a quote that I was reading from De Palma about um, where he was, like, being really reserved about what he thought the critical reception to this movie would be when it came out. Like, a couple weeks he was talking to the crew, he's like, he was like, don't, don't worry if this movie um, isn't received uh, the way you think it should because, like, you know, like, Pacino's coming right off of winning an Oscar for Scent of a Woman, so critics are going to want to, like, lambast him for doing this, and David Kep's going to come, is coming off of Jurassic Park, so he's going to suck now, and, yeah. you know, like, everybody's going to like Sean Penn because apparently cause this is the movie that, like, brought Sean Penn out of his, like, brief retirement, and... <laughs> but then people aren't going to be willing to forgive him because he was coming right off of like Bonfire of the Vanities, which is like one of the most notorious flops of all time. <laughs> so like he's like people aren't going to be willing to forgive me for that movie yet. Uh, and like yeah, critical reception when this initially came out wasn't like it wasn't awful, but it wasn't like too like super strong. Like Roger Ebert liked this movie a lot, uh, but other people like. You know, Siskel didn't like it, um, and other people, other critics at the time weren't, like, too enthusiastic about it, but, like, in re- it's, like, one of those movies in retrospect where people like it a lot more now than when it first came out, which actually seems to happen to a lot of Brian De Palma movies, because <laughs> it's the same thing happened to Scarface, and it also happened with Blowout, which is one of my favorite, which is one of my favorite Brian De Palma films, which I also noticed the last 20 minutes of Carlito's Way is very, is kind of shot a little bit similarly to the way that um, Blowout is to the end of Blowout, because the end of Blowout is, like, also this giant, like, chase-type scene, like, through, like, subways and other areas, and it's, like, very tense, and you're just, like, (laughs) like, gripping it, and, like, it also doesn't like in the way you want it to end as well and so you're just like so like i was like just drawing comparisons between the two 
at the time, and I'm like, damn, Brian De Palma is so good at, like, suspense and just, like, ripping your heart out. He's so good at, like, tension and spacing, I feel like. I mean, he must be so involved in, like, the editing process. I mean, like, obviously he's the director, but, like... I think he's just so particular about things. Like, one of the things in the special features that he mentioned was that the pool the pool hall scene, whenever they initially sent that to the studio, they were like, oh, this scene is much too long. Like, you have to cut this. It goes on for forever, and then you know, like, you know everybody's going to die. <laughs> like, the, there's that feeling. I also, I just want to say, like, that scene has, like, this almost, like, homage to Nosferatu, <laughs> where you right. see, like, the shadow of this guy with a knife. It's just, like, his profile. And it looks so, it's so funny. Like, if I, I'll screen cap it and post it to the Twitter. But the guy that's sneaking Please up do. on Pacino's nephew to, uh, to slit his fucking throat, I guess. Yeah, so the studio was like, yeah, this scene is just way too long, and you know what's gonna happen, and it's just too drawn out. And I guess De Palma got that note, and he was like, actually, what they're saying is that this scene isn't long enough. And I was like, that is such a De Palma way to respond to that. Because, I mean, this movie's two and a half hours long. That goes without saying. It's a Pacino movie. But like <laughs> it's, it's a, yeah it's, it's like i actually think it might be like a tiny bit shorter than scent of a woman which is weird because this movie feels like i mean it doesn't feel comparable to like scent of a woman like i like that movie but it does feel like it's length to me like it feels like oh this feels like a two and a half hour long movie but carlito's way doesn't like carlito's way just like it just kind of goes goes like you just want you get caught up in it a lot easier, and it, the time goes by faster, I feel like. The last hour of Carlito's Way feels like ten minutes, because it's just, like, you're hanging on, like, so tightly to the movie. De Palma, so, yeah, he made that, the pool hall scene longer, and made, like, there, made, like, more cuts so that you knew where everybody was in the scene, and then having that bathroom door that's open, and you don't know really, like, what's back there, and all of that, like, helped to build that tension, and the screenwriter was saying that if you, like, have a super tense scene right out the gate, like, within, what, maybe the first 20 minutes of the movie, that it makes the movie, like, it gives you, like, more time. <laughs> he was saying that it, like, makes the movie seem a lot shorter. If you have, like, something, like, super intense happen at the beginning, and then, like, not again until the end, it, like, he was saying it's just this kind of, like, illusion effect. Yeah, and that, 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 that makes a lot of sense because, yeah, the more, the more tension you build, the, the, the more, the more invested you are in what's going on. So it really doesn't, like, yeah, it doesn't matter that he added, actually added length to the scene because he, all he was doing was getting, um, people more invested in what was going on. Right, and I think that this movie is very masterfully done in how invested they make you in Carlito, like, that's the only character I really cared about. I mean, I cared about Gail here and there, you know, but... <laughs> you, you brought up this point about her when they're, um, when they're, like, in bed together and she's asking him about, like, if he's ever killed anyone and then just, like, immediately switches to, like, it's so hard to be an actress. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. Oh, my God. I mean, and I think that that's, like, the point of Gail, though, is that she's supposed to be this juxtaposition to, like, 
you know, Carlitos from the streets, and he's, like, very tough, and she's supposed to soften him, and she's supposed to kind of, like, be the, like, American dream sort of, when we talked about that, like, De Palma always kind of has this, like, American dream theme in, like, a lot of his films, and, uh, yeah, she's... Yeah, I keep comparing this to Blow Up, but, like, I mean, they're, like, plot-wise, they're a lot different, but, like, thematically, I feel like they have, like, a lot of similarities there with, like, you know, like, the, 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 uh, the, yeah, the hollowness of the American dream or the falseness of the American dream or, you know, whatever. Because, like, literally in Blow Out, they, like, the, the ending of the fucking movie takes place while there's, like, Fourth of July fireworks going off and, like, a american flag backdrop like drops yeah. it's it, like really hits you over the head of like of like the you know the juxtaposition there so yeah like carlito's way i think is i think that's what drew him into the movie to begin with you know even though he wasn't like you know wasn't initially enthralled with it because it's it was like a different way of um of showing uh, another crack in the system of like of the american dream yeah, and Torres was saying that he wanted to write Gail's, like, if, like, Carlito were, like, a normal guy, like, yeah, he could be with Gail. Like, if he, like, weren't from, like, where he was from, or if he weren't involved in the things that he were involved with, like, yeah, like, it would be very normal to have a conversation with your girlfriend about how hard it is for her to be an actress and to break into acting. And she's, like, this waspy girl from the Midwest. I say that, like, uh, like with, uh, like, poison in my voice as if I'm not a waspy girl from the Midwest who wants to be an actress. (laughs) But, I mean, I definitely wouldn't bring it up right after my boyfriend told me that he's killed someone. (laughs) like yeah yeah enough about that um anyways let's talk about my problems breaking into the industry (laughs) to her credit though she takes it in stride like she doesn't like make a big deal about it like she like he explains it very well and that like yeah like things happened it's not like i ever really wanted to kill anybody but yeah i have and then she's just kind of like huh okay (laughs) anyways so about me (laughs) yeah it's it's yeah it's 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 uh it's she's a lot more nonchalant about it than um than you would think and really i I don't think she's even really cares that he killed people i think she's just more concerned about him dying which is why she's like so hardcore about like don't do don't like go on the boat with your fucking asshole lawyer friend (laughs) yeah i think that she's I mean, she loves him, and she's not really concerned with, like, what he's done, and, like, she knows that he's trying to go straight, so she's just more concerned with, like, not fucking up more, because he's already served five years, and they've already broken up because he's had to go to jail, so I think that there's no part of her that's, like, really under any illusion of, like, what Carlito's done, but, like, she's, yeah, what afraid of what he might do, (laughs) but, like... I think it's funny, it's just like, yeah, she definitely knew the answer to that question, don't you think? It's like, why are you gonna, why are you gonna ask questions like that? Yeah, I think she just wanted to have it confirmed. (laughs) Like, when she's like, oh, I'm the one, I'm the one guy who's, like, gone to jail for, like, being a drug kingpin that's never killed anyone. (laughs) Well, I, I rewatched the court scene, um, from the beginning, 
and they called him a hired assassin and a convicted drug cartel leader. And he goes, uh, uh, never convicted of the drug cartel. And so that implies, and it's funny because Kleinfeld touches his arm because it implies that he is a paid assassin. <laughs> or that he has killed for money. So I thought that that was really funny in retrospect, like going back and watching it. There are these like little like hints at like what he's done, even though they never really like, I mean, he just, you're just supposed to know that he's, like, hard, and he's been in jail. Yeah, you just have, you just have, like, his reputation to go off of, and, you know, like, even, and he from the Bronx is, like, when you first meet him, he's like, I will, I worship you, Carlito, I want to pick your brain, Carlito's like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, John Leguizamo, John Leguizamo playing Benny Blanco from the Bronx, I fucking loved that. I was trying to think... Why did I have a crush on John Leguizamo um, in the 90s? Like, I just had that, like, vague sense when I was watching him in this movie that I had the hots for John Leguizamo <laughs> when I was a kid. And I think it's because he was in Romeo plus Juliet. Okay. <laughs> but he looks... Yeah, definitely, definitely wasn't because he was Denny from the Blocks. I didn't, uh, yeah, I'd never seen this, but I was thinking about that and I was just like, man, he looked fucking ridiculous in that movie. So I don't know why I liked him, but I think he did a, a great job in, in this movie. And he's just, he's great at being like a little fucking weasel, which is exactly what Benny Blanco, although Benny Blanco is also supposed to be like a young Carlito. That's why Carlito didn't want to have, it to have anything to do with him. Or you could say like Carlito's fatal flaw was not killing Benny when he could have or whatever. <laughs> and like... Then he would have escaped the thing. And... That is what I said. I was like, man, he should have killed him. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, Luis Guzman was game to kill him. Pachanga was like, should I kill him? And he was like, nah. Just leave him. Just stuff him into that dumpster. That won't make him mad or anything. That won't make him want retribution. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, And that's what even, like... Even more, like, you know, about the whole Pachanga betraying Carlito thing is that he, he still fucking kills Pachanga. <laughs> because, like, yeah, why wouldn't he? He still dumped him in the fucking dumpster. <laughs> if you haven't seen the film, the beginning is, you know, Carlito getting shot, so you kind of know that already. But then there's this, like, weaselly character that keeps trying to get time with Pacino. I kept thinking about No Scrubs by TLC every time uh, Benny Blanco <laughs> showed up because that's very much like Carlito's response to him is just like, you're just some fucking scrub. Like, who the fuck are you? That's what he says. Uh, God, there's this great line. He's like, uh, Benny Blanco's like, you don't remember me? And Carlito's like, yeah, I don't remember the last time I blew my fucking nose either. <laughs> <laughs> And that's who ultimately kills him because he's tired of, you know, getting pushed around in the club and, you know, not getting the recognition that he feels he deserves, which I, I, I mean, that's what I felt was his, like, ultimate reason for wanting to take Carlito out because he didn't feel like Carlito respected him. Yeah, no, that was 100% the, like, the reason. And what was also so great about that scene... Uh, at the very end, like, I know we talked about this scene a lot, but, like, the 
like one another like a great thing about this scene is that it has the like biggest false like sense of hope like you'll ever get in a fucking movie because you like the like last mafia guy looks like he's about to you're like oh here's where this is where carlito gets shot but the police take him out and he's like oh i'm excited i'm reunited with gail and you like leave really the side like oh wait maybe maybe he doesn't get shot after all and that was like a dream or something and then he then betty from the box comes and fucking kills him yeah so i want to talk about that before we like get into anything else what the fuck because the cops had just taken down mobster guy right so the cops have to be, like, what, 20 feet behind Benny Blanco and Carlito? Then Benny Blanco screams his own name in the neighborhood he's from before he shoots dude and then hangs out long enough to shoot other dude. And it's like, where are the cops? <laughs> like, where the fuck? Like, where are the when cops? When they, like, literally see, like, they know, like, the cops know that this guy right here just tried to kill the guy that's getting on the train. So wouldn't they be looking right at the guy that's getting on the train? So why would the fuck would you yell? Like, why would you do that? I, but I guess we're supposed to think that Benny isn't, like, exactly a fucking smart guy. To begin right. With, though. <laughs> I just, I guess I wish that I would have gotten to see him, like, getting, I don't know, roughed up by the police or something. <laughs> because I'm, it just didn't make sense to me that, like, Benny Blanco would have gotten away. And that was the other thing. Besides him yelling uh, his full name and where he's from, I was like, are you going to fucking say your address and social security number? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just make it really easy for the cops to find you. I also feel like, I mean, I know he had a gun, but it was like a homemade gun, and he already shot it twice. If I were Gail, I'd be losing my fucking shit on Benny Blanco. He doesn't look very big, and I think I could yeah, take Yeah, like, him. just fucking attacked the shit out of him, but... She had know. a really big bag, <laughs> and I think that, like, New York subway culture, you have a big bag and you use it to beat people, right? Like, <laughs> what the hell, Gail? <laughs> exactly. Man, on a lighter note, though, just, I had this, like, really funny subway moment whenever I worked in the Bronx, and it was, like, a packed, it was, like, rush hour, so, like, everyone got off work. Uh, at the same time, you know, and was, like, 5 p.m., packed full, and I was just, like, looking around, kind of people watching, and someone at the front of the train farted, <laughs> and I just watched the fart, like, roll over, like, each uh... row of people, <laughs> and there is this woman who was, like, you could tell she, like, got off work, like, picked up her dinner, like, her groceries for dinner, she was, like, staring out, it was, like, kind of nice, it was, like, sunsetty. She was, like, looking out over the tracks and the sunset. And then I watched the fart hit her face. <laughs> and, like, her... The way her frown just, like, became her face. It made me laugh so hard, dude. Like, I was, like, losing my mind. <laughs> that uh, sounds like a classic New York story. <laughs> I mean, it's not as bad as, like, the one time that I, like, got onto a train car that nobody else was on and it was before I knew that like you just shouldn't go on this because like that means that somebody like definitely took a piss in it oh no so I was just kind of had to like distance myself from the piss the whole time but it I don't know 
I really should have gotten in, like, I should have hopped into, like, just risked it, ignored the signs, and hopped into the, the train car next to it. <laughs> just, like, yeah, just pull a, pull a Carlito's way. <laughs> just race across the train. Whenever I was reading about that scene, the final chase scene, I read that it took them... Like, they started filming in winter, so it made sense, like, and it was working for Pacino to be wearing that long leather coat, but it took them all the way into summer to finish, and so Pacino was just getting so hot on the train in his leather coat, and he also, like, they were filming on a real train, so De Palma and, like, the DP are, like, on this track that's going alongside the train, and Pacino's in the train with the other actors, and they just keep getting told to reshoot and reshoot, but they don't know why. And so, I guess Pacino just got, like, really fucking frustrated and just took the train home. <laughs> like, just got on a different train at the station <laughs> and just left. And then they, like, went and talked to him, and they were like, you know... <laughs> what are you doing? And he was just like, like sopping wet, covered in sweat. And he was like, "What are you doing?" Because <laughs> he had he had no idea why they had to keep reshooting and why like what was going on with the angles. And but I guess with you know the exterior tracks of or the exterior shots of the train when they're going through and it's just we're seeing them pass through the windows. They kept like accidentally blocking him with like platform beams and like extras and stuff so it's just like a very complicated scene that apparently took like six months to shoot apparently the edit i was reading the editor like hated editing the subway scene together as well like because there was like problems with the like timing of the escalator (laughs) and stuff and like trying to like manipulated so the audience wouldn't like realize how long the escalator was taking (laughs) yeah it seems like it's going a lot faster than escalators actually go Mm -hmm. and i think that one scene where pacino's riding down the escalator on his back and he takes out like five guys at once like that is almost i mean there's a certain like choreography that goes into these fucking action scenes where sometimes, like, to get, like, three seconds of, like, oh, that looks so fucking cool, man. It takes, like, so long and so much planning. It's crazy. Film is a time-consuming art form. (laughs) (laughs) You do so much to get, um that amounts to such little amount of time but it's like very crucial and essential (laughs) to the like whole like to the whole it's like you know building a 10,000 piece puzzle (laughs) it reminds (laughs) me of in Parks and Rec whenever Ben is unemployed and he makes that claymation movie and he he puts like weeks into it and he only has three seconds and he's like could a depressed person make this (laughs) (laughs) That must have been the editor with this movie. But, yeah, I think that the the whole, like, having the ending at the beginning and then also having the ending initially in black and white almost fooled me. Like, I think I was so hopeful and I liked Carlito so much that I kept being like, he's not dead. That's from the past. 
Like, that's something he survived, and we're hearing about it. That's why we're hearing about it, like, in this voiceover. Oh, thing. you could also, like, infer, like, like, infer, like, oh, this is, like, how, like, him right before he went to jail or whatever. Like, he got yeah. shot, and that's how he got caught. And then you see him in the courtroom, like, right after, but no. Right. It's, it's just, it's, it, the whole movie is his dying, uh, his life flashing before his eyes. <laughs> Yeah, that's what David kept said. He said the whole movie is supposed to take place in, like, the split second that the the hospital gurney is stuck in a crack in the sidewalk as they're, like, loading him up, which I thought was yep. very... Yeah, it's like poetic. you're literally just watching, like, a dying man's, like, memories. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sean Penn is so good in this movie, dude. God, I wanted to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> like, he was just such a dweeb and just such a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's, he, like, naturally... He's still, you know, you think of it, he's still the fucking reason that, um, that Carlito's dead. Like, even if you ignore all the Italian stuff, like, the reason Benny killed him is because of the final time of, like, Carlito disrespecting him is because of, um, Sean Penn's character, like, fucking, fucking his the girl that, that Benny... Benny was interested in, so and Carlito just being like "fuck off," like, like, yeah. like he's the he's the entire reason that like Carlito's life is like fucked up, like it's like the duality because he's like he's the reason why Carlito has a second chance at life, but he's also the reason that Carlito's life gets fucked up. So it's like, and that's what <laughs> uh, that's what Gail points out. She has this great line where Carlito is like, "He saved my life, Gail," and she's like, "So you owe your life to him." And it's just like, yeah, like, he did this nice thing for you. He found a loophole and got you out of jail, but that doesn't mean that... Like, everything he's done for you since then has completely fucked you over and put you in situations that, like... Because, like, yeah, like, you know, he could have, like, I don't know, like, he only led to his death, but also he could have put him right back in fucking prison for being on the same boat where he murders two people... <laughs> you know, even if you ignore, like, the, like even if the Italian mafia didn't retaliate, retaliate, like, who's to say that, like, Carlito wouldn't have put, got life in fucking prison for being on the damn boat? Because, yeah, like, it's an accessory to murder. And we know that the DA, who um, is Justin, or er, James Reborn in this movie, who was Justin Scent of a Woman with Pacino, he played Yeah, oh, yeah, I noticed that, too. It was, <laughs> it was very, it was very, um jarring to me because i was like didn't we, this was the principal and now he's the fucking now he's the prosecutor <laughs> well, <laughs> like in my head canon it's like he like he's prosecuting uh um, frank slade for like fucking him over in front of the board <laughs> oh my god that's so funny yeah i mean he he says to pacino as he's getting out of jail you know out of court that he's like he, he'll see him again like it's like you know that he is wanted so it feels very like if the if the cops had gone after Kleinfeld for the murder you know he would have given Carlito up immediately like and or yeah, probably like, and that's, made and that's seem... what they were trying to show Carlito in the in the like when they were trying to get him to rat out, rat out Kleinfeld is um they were like look he already like he already threw you under the bus and like and made up things about you that yeah. you weren't even doing so why wouldn't he just fucking tell you like we can already place we can already like hazard a guess that you were on the boat so why would 
client but like you know eating it and but you know carlito has like that strong sense of like of street ethics to where you don't snitch on people even if you like you know even if you should (laughs) um and like but but you know he still took care of him in his own special way though so (laughs) you know the saying is like snitches get stitches but carlito didn't snitch and all the stitches in the world can't put them back together boys that's, the, that's beautiful. That's one of those lines. <laughs> I did want to bring up uh, another another movie that we were uh, that we already talked about um, and compare it a little bit with Carlito's Way um, that I think had like similar themes um, in Godfather Three. Yeah. Which we both of us did not like that movie very much. <laughs> um, it has similar themes of like a man who's in also played by Al Pacino, is entrenched in crime and is doing everything in his power to, like, get himself away from that life of crime. He's, like, an older man now, very regretful of his, like, past actions. And it, ultimately, the, the life that he tried to escape, still he still ended up succumbing to it. Um, it uh, feels way more natural in this movie than it does in Godfather 3. <laughs> yeah, I think that, I mean... With, like, mafia movies, and I was thinking about Scarface, our conversation with Yana, in regards to, like, the difference between, like, the Godfather trilogy and then, like, Scarface and Carlito's Way, even though they're all sort of related and they're all Pacino movies, but it's, like, Michael Corleone, we never really saw him, like, in the trenches of, of crime, you know what I mean? Like, even though he's, like just when I'm out, they'd pull me back in. It's almost more, like, political for him and, like, obligations and stuff like that. Not that Carlito... Carlito obviously has obligations and loyalty and all that stuff, but I think what makes, uh, like, Scarface and Carlito's way, like, more relatable movies is that, like, we see those guys, like, fighting people and, like, having to scrounge for money... Yeah, it's like we see them. Where like... the only time, the only time that you see like um, Michael ever kill someone personally is um, in the first Godfather when he when he like you know mur- murders the guy. Um, oh yeah. The, the cop that punched that broke his jaw and the and the guy that like tried to assassinate his father. Um, that's the, every other time he's like the puppet master just pulling the strings for other people to do it for him. Whereas with, like, Carlito, you, every person that, like, you see him kill people, he's in the trenches, like, he is part of the streets where, like, Michael is doing everything in his power to, like, remove himself from, like, getting connected with those, with those killings. I also just think that, like, we don't really ever see what the stakes are for Michael of just not doing the thing (laughs) I don't know I'm like for Carlito it's like I see how he continually like falls into these patterns because he's like he doesn't have a lot of money he's like a felon he just got out of jail he all he wants to do is rent cars to people and he needs seed money for that but for Michael I'm just like man you could do like you have money like you could do anything like it's just, like, it almost feels more like Michael Corleone is always trying to just... And maybe this is, like, I'm very Team K, 
like I'm on Diane Keaton's side, but I'm like, you're just constantly justifying to yourself why it's hard for you to get out. Yeah, like Michael Corleone is a lot more like is a lot more of a like a Michael or not a Michael Scott a lot more of a Michael Scott character. No, he's not <laughs> like Michael Scott. He's a lot more. I was he's a lot more like, and I've mentioned this several times in previous episodes. He's he's very much like a Walter White type of character where like he very clearly could have outs if he really truly wanted it. But I and I think Godfather Three is supposed to imply like like now he's like finally you know he's finally one like trying to like you know he finally sees and is like putting forth his master plan to remove himself but the problem is with that movie is that like you said it is very political and it's also like just in tied with like the vatican and church and it's a very complicated it's kind of hard to follow Mm -hmm. and you're just like why are we talking we're talking to fucking the pope and priests now and i don't like i don't understand like his fucking complicated plan Whereas Carlito, he's just like, I want to fucking sell cars. Like, all oh, he's like, I just want to sell cars. He's like, oh, that's relatable. I can, I yes. can understand that. It's like not, you know, he's not like trying to like team up with the fucking Pope, you know? <laughs> and, and that, uh, I think I started to make this point earlier and then I got confused by my own thoughts. But I think that that's why like both of these De Palma films, Scarface and Carlito's Way, are more applicable to young kids and that's why we see it in like rap culture and stuff because like they're kind of like man of the people like they're like on our level you know what I mean like I know dudes I mean not that they're gonna become Tony Montana but I know fucking dudes like him and I know like people that are in these like types of situations where it kind of seems like maybe the best option would be to just sell drugs or to just do crime you know be yeah, gay do crime like, like I said yeah it just it just comes off as like you know something these are like people that you know we see all the time and it also helps that I mean yeah Pacino is a white dude himself but he is playing like people of color that like you know it's like he's like in addition to to like you know just people who come from like very poor backgrounds and rose out of those situations like using their own like street smarts um yeah it's just like it's just more relatable and you know like even in the godfather michael is already you know he's already born into privilege basically you know he's already like his dad's already powerful by the time by like by the time he's like in like trying to remove himself from from the prestige of his dad so it's yeah it's just like it's different, and yeah, in Godfather 3, it just doesn't feel natural, whereas it feels completely natural in Carlito's way. Yeah, you and you, like, and you know, you also brought up the point that, like, in the Al Pacino, like, that Al Pacino said that he didn't think Michael would even be a remorseful, period. <laughs> like, and that didn't, like, that just seemed out of character for him, so, like, that's why he doesn't, like, because... That was another problem is that, like, Pacino plays him like a completely different person in Godfather 3. Like, he doesn't seem like the same. And, yeah, you could say, oh, like, he aged a ton since, like, you're going to be a different guy than you were when you were younger. But, like, like personality-wise, he's, like, more like scent of a woman Pacino in Godfather 3 than he is, like, <laughs> Michael Corleone in Godfather 2. <laughs> right, it's almost like a caricature or something like yeah. it's, it's just so different but yeah I mean 
The fact that all Carlito wants to do is rent cars definitely, yeah, for sure makes him the, maybe the most relatable character that we've had. <laughs> We're like, man, fuck, all I want to do is this, like, basic-ass shit, and, and I can't even do that. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, like, he... He, he, yeah, he can run a nightclub and, like, have, like, positions of, like, power within these, like, within, like, you know, street culture, but, like, if he tried, like, you know, he, he, like, he's so wrapped up into that, even if, like, he wanted to do the most normal thing possible, it's, like, seen as an unattainable dream. <laughs> Whereas, yeah, like, he could have all the money he wanted, but all he wants is a sense of, like, normalcy and stability. And that's just unattainable for him. What felt really, like, interesting about this movie, and I didn't really get that from Scarface, like, I feel like in Scarface, everybody was mostly loyal to Tony. And then it was, you know, it's the Colombians that come in and take him out. But in this movie, I felt like, man, there are just nothing but snakes. He's just surrounded by snakes. It also, it also felt like, you know, and, and, and I think they tried to build that up a little bit, too, with the, like... Because Pacino, I think it's implied that he was, like, a heroin... Like, he was, like, selling heroin, whereas, like, when he gets out of jail, like, cocaine is the new drug now. And, like, cocaine is, like, more in-your-face, flashy, like, this kind of, like... And I think Pacino is, like, making, like, oh, this is the, like, you know, like... Even, it, like, it's a completely different environment now. Like, there isn't, like... You know, I, I lived by a set of code and loyalty, and there was, like, at least a, we did shitty things, but there was, like, a, an ethics, a code of ethics that we lived by to do them, but that's how, that's gone out of the window in the five years I've been gone. So I don't even, like, he doesn't even, like, and he's still trying to live by the those code of ethics when no one else is. You know, like, even Kleinfeld's fucking lawyer has no loyalty or, like, respect for his friend for like the guy he said that he loved and would literally marry if they were like if like he was a woman you I know? <laughs> love that scene we have another dancing pacino movie he actually looks uh, all right when he's dancing in this movie it's still kind of dorky which they even comment the best, on the best dancing he does in any movie and i don't think we, we i don't know if we even talked about that in scent of a woman when scent of a woman he's oh, right. a funny character he's very he's very classy and like he does a very classy dance in that movie yeah he looks um, great that's probably the most like coordinated he yeah the most coordinated dancing he does is when he plays a black character <laughs> that's so funny i think it's great that there's a scene in this where the Italians are like, he dances like a fucking Italian. I thought he was Italian. And... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, and I took that as, like, a kind of a funny in-joke that, like, yeah, Pacino's an Italian guy playing someone who's not Italian. <laughs> there was, like, a few... I felt like this movie had, like, a few good jokes like that. Like, whenever Pacino has that long monologue in court at the beginning, the judge is like, listen, you're not accepting an award. And it's like, Pacino just won the Oscar. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's how, that's what makes it even funnier. Considering he did that long ass speech at the end of *Scent of a Woman* um, with the dean and the acting actor as the prosecutor in the courtroom, where he opens with this long speech. James Reborn is so good. Like, I think he is the best. 
person to play like a dad or like an authority figure. I, w- I watched Scent of a Woman and then Carlito's Way and I was like, oh, two movies with James Reborn. And then I was like, okay, a little palate cleanser and I put on 30 Rock and he plays Liz Lemon's uh, dentist in that and he has this really, really good line where Liz Lemon is like, you're not even a real doctor, are you? Like she's kind of like dissing dentists and he's like, yeah, well, my brother is a cardiologist, and if he's such a good doctor, how come he's killed, like, 15 of his patients, and I've only killed one guy? Oh. <laughs> wait, like, wait, you killed one, one guy? <laughs> That's still too many. <laughs> but, yeah, he's so he's so good at, um, dra- like, he's so good at drama that I think it, like, made him a good comedic actor because he can really, like, bring that, like, emotion, but, like, put a spin on it. I don't know. I, I think Pacino's really talented in that way, too, whenever he does the odd bit of comedy, you know. Which this movie, pretty devoid of laughs. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, I think a lot, like, there's, co- there's like, dark comedy, and I think that comes from just, like, the characters' interactions and stuff. Um, like, it never, like, feels oppressively dark or anything. Like, it doesn't, it's not like Scarface where it's just so nihilistic the whole time. You're just like, I hate all these people. I, I hate, like, Tony oh. Montana. I hate Michelle Pfeiffer. I hate everybody in this movie. <laughs> Whereas in, like, in Carlito's way, it's like, oh, yeah, Carlito's, yeah, I would want to hang out with this guy. This guy's fun to talk to. <laughs> yeah, love Carlito would hate whenever he brings his fucking friend around, though. Like, fuck that. Yeah, it's like, oh, God, Carlito brought fucking Kleinfeld again. (laughs) (laughs) I think we, like, haven't really talked about, and you were like, oh, you know, this movie doesn't get aggressively dark. I think the darkest part of the movie and the part that almost made me puke was we haven't really talked about this plot point where the lawyer, he has this big plan to break out a mob boss from Rikers Island and wants Carlito to help him. Carlito obviously doesn't because he's, or doesn't want to because he's uh, trying to be a good boy for Gail and their baby. Or I guess he doesn't know about the baby yet. But uh, instead of saving the guy, and without telling Carlito, like, he doesn't tell Carlito, like, oh, change of plans, I'm actually gonna fucking murder him in front of his son. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. <laughs> um, See, I don't know if he murdered him in front of his son, because I think his son was, he already murdered the son before he murdered. Oh, yeah. huh. Because he, I... like, immediately after he murders um, the boss, he, like, throws, like, you see the son's, like, I think it implies that when he, like, tells the son to go, like, look out over this way, that's when he, like, sneaks up behind him and just, like, oh, his or whatever. Okay. I see. That's kind of, like, off-camera, you know, so... Yeah, and, like, and you also find out that, like, you know, because the whole reason that the mod boss guy wants um, Kleinfeld to be the one to break him out is because he's pretty sure that Kleinfeld stole a million dollars from him, <laughs> and he's like either you do this or I'm going to fucking murder you because I know that you stole the money. And, like, Kleinfeld, like, when he's telling um, Carlito about it, he's like, oh, yeah, he thinks I stole this money from him. I can't go by myself because they're just going to fucking kill me when I get out there, so you got to be there. And then Carlito figures out as soon as he murders them that he's like, you, you did took take the money, money, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. He's, 
Yeah, I fucking took the money. <laughs> and that scene, I'm so glad you brought that scene up because I think Sean Penn's acting in that scene is so good because he almost gets this, like, little smile whenever Carlito's like, you did take that million dollars. And he, like, it's like he, like, purses his lips and, like, gives him this, like, little grin. And even when Carlito's, like, admonishing him and being like, listen, you're not a lawyer anymore, you're a fucking gangster, like, you killed people and threw them in the river, like, that's not, (laughs) this isn't, like, games anymore, you know, it's not just, like, loopholes and shit, like, you're, like, you know, he's trying to be, like, it's fucking real. And he's also, like, this is a, this is a world that you have no, intel. you're not equipped for at all, you have no intelligence for it. And you have to either learn fast or you're going to be fucking dead. And that's why, you know, he takes in, like, yeah, that ultimately ends up being Client Phone's downfall because Carlito takes advantage of that <laughs> to, get him mur- to get, get him killed. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, whenever Carlito's saying, like, yeah, this is real, like, you are, you've crossed the line. I think that's what one of the things that he said. And uh, Sean Penn just, like, kind of keeps grinning at him. Like, it's like this, this fucking, like, little... Like he's, like, he's, like, he's like, proud Kleinfeld of himself. Wants to be a fun, Kleinfeld wants to be as cool as Carlito so badly. Yes. And it's I think, like, and he feels like, no, now I'm finally on your level or whatever. It's I'm like little brother. Friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little brother being like, look, like, I killed people too. I kill people, and I took this money. I'm, like, as cool as you are, Carlito. And Carlito's like, no, you're a fucking moron. <laughs> like, you had, like, Carlito's like, you had the cushy job. You had, the, like, you had the normal life. You were a fucking lawyer. You ha- can do things that I can't do, and you just piss it all away to play gangster, basically. <laughs> I, uh, I loved that scene. I mean, it's, like, you know, known throughout the movie that Kleinfeld loves cocaine, but he steals the girl. He steals Benny Blanco's girlfriend, and then later there's a scene where Carlito's like hanging out at their place, and she tries to hit on Carlito, and he's like, "No, you're Dave's girl," and she's like, "His dick doesn't work. He does too much fucking coke." <laughs> and I just loved that. Like, I loved that she just like goes off for a second about how his. He doesn't even fuck her anymore because his dick doesn't work, and, like, she's just like, man, I hate this guy. I mean, I, I gotta say, I usually hate Sean Penn, but I'm fine with him playing, like, a piece of shit, weaselly asshole who's not cool in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't talked about how Alan Dershowitz thought that this character was uh, based oh, on him. that's the funniest fucking thing. He's like Alan Dershowitz, like, oh, this... Yeah, Alan Dershowitz fucking threatened to like sue the like the producers for defamation because he thought that like Kleinfeld looked too much like him. <laughs> it was implying that he was this shady lawyer, which is funny because Alan Dershowitz is that piece of shit lawyer. He is fucking Kleinfeld. Like, he hung out with like it probably even worse than Kleinfeld because you know he was like a fucking Eps like an Epstein. He was on Epstein's flight logs, so like hung out with Epstein all, like, Jeffrey Epstein all the time, and, like, you know, he was involved in a shit ton of, like, weird-ass, like, creepy, like, you know, just, like, getting, like, terrible people off, and, like, going on Fox News and shit. (laughs) You know, like, a year after this movie comes out, Alan Dershowitz was an appellate advisor on the O.J. Simpson murder trial. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That was and that, and that was his that was his big like 
parlay into like you know being a talking head for like Fox News and shit after that like like the whole OJ thing like made him like a basically like a television star <laughs> listen if I were in the criminal justice system if I had any authority in the criminal justice system and Alan Dershowitz showed me Carlito's way and was I think this character is based off me and I want to see them I'd be like listen you're under arrest <laughs> like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> Penelope Ann Miller we haven't talked about the age difference discourse oh my god yeah no I yeah, she's 29 in this movie, and Pacino is 52, <laughs> which is, yeah, that's a bit of a, that's like, that's like, she's two years older than I am, and he is like, he was the same age as like my, let me see, like, I think he's like, he's either like a couple years, like he's like the same age as my mom, basically, in that movie, so that's like, that's like somebody like, a couple of years older than me, like dating my mom or dad. Like that's how weird. That's like if you put that in, like in the movie, it, you don't feel like that because like he's so hot. He's <laughs> like, such I a hot fifty-two. I would fucking you know yeah, Carlito, he's fucking hot. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, like, I mean, after a few movies of like no hot Pacino, it's nice to get like return from him late in his career you know just a drop of water in this fucking desert that we've been in since dick tracy honestly i don't think we've had hot oh i guess local stigmatic he was he was he was hot in that movie because i was gonna say it was like i don't think since revolution because he wasn't in sea of love but like yeah he looked he was pretty hot in local stigmatic we both kind of liked his little mod look yeah yeah not, not, definitely not Dick Tracy. Um, I mean, he was attractive in Frankie and Johnny, but his, like, character right. was such an yeah. asshole, it just wasn't worth it. And, like, yeah, I like how in the, not even in the movie where he's supposed to be a romantic lead from this time, was he, do we consider him hot? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think this might be... No, up there with cruising, this movie, he might be the hottest. And, I mean, Bobby Deerfield, he's he hot in a different good way. He's with a fucking beard. Like, him in Serpico and Carlito's way, like, when he, like, he doesn't break it out very often, but when he has that full beard, he just looks hot. <laughs> that's true. And that's the thing, he doesn't look that much older than he does in Serpico, which was, like, 20 years prior to this movie. <laughs> yeah, he just looks tired. He looks like Serpico needed a fucking nap. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually a couple similarities between this and Serpico. Like, Gail's apartment building is in, in the same building that Serpico lived in, in the village. Oh, cool, I didn't know that. So some of that neighborhood is the same. And then the exterior shot of the hospital that Kleinfeld is in is the same hospital uh, that Vito is in, in The Godfather. Oh, wow. I didn't so. know that. That's kind of cool. Lots of connections to past Pacino performances. You know, you got Scarface, Godfather, Serpico. All can be, all convenes in Carlito's way. Wasn't it like what? What? I remember there was a certain like movie. I think it was. Um, it might have been. No, it wasn't Scarecrow. There was a. It was Injustice for All. I think it was when we sat down to watch Injustice for All. Um, in the description of the movie, um, you know how it usually says what 
movie that actor's from Mm -hmm. and it was so weird because it like it didn't pick like godfather or anything else like for injustice for all it said al pacino from carlito's way (laughs) which yeah like it's like it's like yeah it's like one of his like more like more famous movies but it's not like on the like it's not the first movie that people think of when they think al pacino so i just thought that was a weird choice for his like oh yeah yeah al pacino from carlito's way (laughs) (laughs) oh so on the Penelope and Miller thing, so they had this, like, relationship behind the scenes, I guess, like, in real life. He dated her. Another co-star that Pacino dated. And she even, like, talked about it in interviews. But publicly, Pacino was actually dating Lyndall Hobbs. And that's who he took to the premiere. And he avoided Penelope and Miller, like, entirely. And so it's, like... Maybe our maybe our boy was getting up to no good with Penelope and Miller and two timing on his girl. Do you think he was a good boyfriend in this movie? Carl, is this Carlito's way considered a good boyfriend? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Definitely loved her a lot. I think he was um, trying his best, and like you could tell. He did that... smash a mirror though. He did punch a mirror out. Yeah, that was toxic. <laughs> That's funny. I, I mean, I know so many people our age that have like holes in their walls because. Oh jeez. Uh, please uh, go to therapy, people. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, no one our age can really like afford it, and it's like Carlito couldn't afford to go to therapy, and if he did, his therapist would be like, "I have to go tell the cops now." <laughs> trying to think because i don't we haven't really had this good boyfriend discussion since frankie and johnny i'm trying to go back through the movies that we've seen since then um he wasn't any seeing anyone in glengarry but Um, i can't imagine that he would have been he would probably not have been a good boyfriend regardless um god what the other what other movies oh scent of a woman he wasn't dating anyone until the very end when you see but he wasn't dating anyone instead of a woman. Um, I can see Frank Slade um, having, like, some surprisingly, like, great dick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he does. (laughs) Yeah, I think, actually, I think those are the only two movies we've done since then. Yeah, so there really hasn't been a chance for a Pacino boyfriend checkup. But, But, uh, yeah, Carlina's way, I would put it, I would say it's better than a lot of his films, as far as boyfriend goes. He's, I'd say he's better than Sea of Love Boyfriend. Oh, <laughs> uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely better. Well, he's just, like, a better person, and I think that that's, like, what makes me, you know, I'm, like, willing to look past his flaws because I'm like, well, I like Carlito. But maybe that's that's something that the listener should know about me. I'm willing to look past <laughs> probably too much if I like somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he yeah, he really loves Gail and, like, I think that he is thoughtful, at least, because he did break up with her before he went into jail before, and that's what she's mad about him now, or she's mad about... Which it makes sense, though, because he thought he was going to be in for 30 years, so, like, he's, like, basically, like, you're not going to want to be with me, like, for the entire 30 years, I'm not going to take your life away from you. 
for 30 so, years is what he, that's all he was trying to do. If you do the math, I mean, if her character is roughly the same age as the actress, then she was 25 whenever Carlito initially went into prison. So that's how old I am now. If my fucking significant other got arrested and was, got 30 years, I definitely want him Your to... Your 47-year-old significant other got arrested for 30 years. Because, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it would do. Because if we consider that Carlito is also 52, then... He would have been 47 when he went to jail. <laughs> Jane, how would you feel if, A, I had a 47-year-old boyfriend, and B, I was like, he just got 30 in jail? I'd be like, Hallie, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Please, respect yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so maybe, okay, he is a good boyfriend, but he is not good boyfriend material. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Like, your mom wouldn't be happy that you brought Carlito home, but, like, he has a good heart. Oh, that's that's the funniest fucking thing that Brian De Palma said about... Or, uh, no, Edwin Torres said this about the Gail-Carlito relationship, is that for Gail, he's, like, a sociological project. He, she thinks he can she can save him. Oh, yeah, that's... I mean... But then, again, yeah. to her credit, I don't think that she's quite that simple because that's why he punches the mirrors because she's saying, like, this can only end with me not being... Like, I'm not going to be able to save you if you continue with this. Like, no one can save you. It only ends in you dying. And she was right. It ends in him dying, yeah. She, like, foretells the exact ending, basically. She's like, it ends with me, like crying over your dead body <laughs> yep and that's what happened i really liked the very like the last shot though where he's like staring at the um picture in the train station with um that like picture of like florida and it just like comes to life and, and it turns into her dancing very sad yeah it's very sad but it's it's like a kind of a beautiful moment though <laughs> yeah and i like if you keep watching it I mean, you can tell that it's it's her silhouette dancing because there was dance scenes previously with her, so you kind of, like, know what her body looks like. Also, you see her topless in this movie. We didn't mention that. Titty alert. Yeah, apparently that was a... They had problems casting her role because um, they needed someone who would do the uh, strip scenes. <laughs> topless. I don't think that they're that important to the movie. They could have just had her also... They could have had her dancing with, like, a cute outfit on. Strippers do that, too. Yeah, he could have just walked in and been like, oh, this is one of those clubs, and he's playing, you know. It was gratuitous. It could have been at the beginning of her set, is all I'm saying. When she's the But, you know, it's it's not a Brian De Palma film if there's not boobs in it. Because I'm pretty sure every fucking movie I've seen of his so far, and I've seen, yeah, like I said, the only the only other movie besides that that I've seen that you haven't of him is Blowout. But there's like fucking topless season and Carrie Blowout, <laughs> Scarface, and this movie. Um, <laughs> but don't we only have like morbid boobs in Scarface? It's just like her boobs right before she gets shot. Or is Manny? I think Manny's in bed with somebody at one point, and you can see her boobs. I'm pretty sure you see like full on boobs. 
a couple times in Scarface. I don't know. It's like another fucking three-hour movie. It's hard <laughs> to remember everything that happens. It's hard <laughs> to remember all these boobs. That's so funny. I was thinking about that scene in Wedding Crashers recently where <laughs> it's just a montage of women, like, falling back onto the bed, and it's their, their titties bouncing. You know what I'm talking about? That mm-hmm, montage. Yeah. <laughs> That's, like, a movie that I've never, like, sat down and watched in full. I've only ever seen, like, in parts on TV. So it's, like, I kind of, like, know all the scenes, like, from, like, just different <laughs> points of the movie, but I've never, like, sat down and, like, I'm going to watch the whole movie from beginning to end. I just really, like, remember that scene probably because I was like, ooh, boobs. But uh, <laughs> I had this this patient whenever I used to do medical stuff. I had this patient who was, like, an ancient woman. She was always talking to me about, like, John Wayne and shit. And then one day I was like, so what's your favorite movie? I know you love John Wayne. And she said Wedding Crashers. Oh, you know. She she said uh, Wedding Crashers and Dumb and Dumber was a quick second. And I was like, what the fuck? Well, I mean, like, if you, sometimes you just want to put on fucking stupid comedies and just not and just turn your brain off and those are two stupid comedies that you can just turn your brain off for um i just love i think it's so funny that the fucking um the fucking writer for dumb and dumber wrote green book wait what (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh my god i didn't know that (laughs) that's so funny gay pacino yeah the beginning when he's he's a little gay i mean it's 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 one it's one of those scenes where it's like no homo. You're pretty sure you'd be like, no homo, bro, no homo. When I marry you, no homo, bro. <laughs> I loved, and I put it on my on Twitter, uh, but there's this scene where Carlito's like, I love you, you know? If you were abroad, I'd marry you, which is what you said. And then the, the girl that Carlito had brought to the club goes, I bet you would. And then she was. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Well, I mean, that whole scene is just so, like, man, they, I think it sets up well that Dave and Carlito really do love each other, because he's like, what do I say, what do I say, and he's like, tell me you love me, like, they're all so boozy, (laughs) he's like, I love you, (laughs) fucking Joseph Servano, uh, who plays the brother of the, or the brother and son of the people that Kleinfeld kills on the boat, who then is part of the chase scene, and he kills Kleinfeld. I thought that actor was so good. He has, like, three lines in the entire movie, but he's just, like, he was really, every part of that chase scene, he looks so desperate to get him that... I don't know. It's just yeah, no, he's made great. The movie like, for me. everybody in that, like everybody in that mob is great in that mafia scene. Like, they're all like they're all very interesting. Like, like you said, you don't really like you don't really get much time to like be introduced to them, but they all have like they're all very interesting personalities. Yeah, that's true. I would watch <laughs> I would watch a movie about that family, about that mob family with the. Yeah, no, it'd be fun. I'd the watch, fat I'd watch guy it too. is trying to keep up. That was so good. That was such good. 
I mean, it's not like they're trying to, like, make it all about, like, oh, this guy's fat and that's funny. He's just trying to, it's a very long chase scene. So this guy, and I think he's super relatable, because yeah. he keeps having to stop and, like, hold this chest, which is me every time I walk more than, like, 20 feet. So... I really loved that, <laughs> and the fact that there's also, it's like they're fucking, like, 60-year-old uncles trying to help them, and they're wearing their, like, Elvis glasses. Yeah, well, I, I, think, I think it's funny, like, you know, like, you see how, like, because I'm assuming, because they imply that the um, the old guy in the group, like, grew up with Pacino, so, so if you think that Pacino's, like, 52, then you assume that that guy's also, it's like, well, damn, Carlito aged very well, if you compare that, like, him and this guy grew up at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. This like, guy looks like an old-ass man. Considering, like, Pacino's supposed to have just gotten out of prison, I don't think that's very well portrayed. And also in court, he's like, I am rehabilitated, I am reinvigorated. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, it, like, that was the only part of the movie where I, it just it really felt like he was channeling character from scent of a woman a little bit which is why i thought it was funny that you brought up the like this isn't an award speech and like the fucking <laughs> the dean was there and it just like <laughs> it's <started as> funny <laughs> yeah i mean i i loved that scene it's just so good and like tongue-in-cheek too he's like no like prison worked <laughs> <laughs> no 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 it's good it's a good system oh i did want to mention that i really like the uh, the music in the film Lots of good disco tracks from classic yes. 70s music in the nightclub scenes. Big fan. Big fan of those. Yeah, even though it has, like, noir vibes and feels like it's the 40s at times, it's set in 1975, so it's got the best music. Yeah. It's very, yeah, it's very, uh, very sad. Like, the 90s were, like, a time... There was a lot of 70s nostalgia in the 90s because, like, between, like, this movie and a lot of, like, Tarantino's shit, like, used a lot of 70s stuff. Um, and Boogie Nights came stuff. out. He also had that 70s, that 70s show came out in the, like, end of the 90s, so it was, like, a very 70s heavy decade. Oh, Dazed and Confused, too. That was another oh, yeah, 70s yeah. nostalgia film. Yeah, I thought just the whole like De Palma symbolism he kind of always has some cool like American dream shit going on um, I also noticed that the I mean there's a lot of like boat symbolism and the whole point of the movie is that Carlito wants to like get away and like get to what he wants to go to Florida right Florida yeah and Florida, they're, gonna take, they're gonna take the uh, bus to Florida and the the nightclub that he works in it's all like nautical themes like it's all like they're on a boat and he stashes his money in like this window it like looks like a window but it's like a mirror and i just thought the whole like the whole setting of the movie feels very like in transit oh wow it is very in transit, like, it ends in the fucking, like, Manhattan Transit Authority, like, fucking platform. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that that just is so, like, beautiful and well done, as, since it's from a dying character, like, in transit, you know what I mean? Like, like he's passing through to the, the death. I would say that this, if I was to rank all of the De Palma films that I've seen... Blowout is my favorite. This is number two. There's Carrie, and then there's Scarface. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
That's my ranking. <laughs> so wait, so Scarface was your least favorite? Of the four De Palma movies I've yeah. seen, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I just, yeah, I mean, Scarface had, like, kind of a, I mean, it was like a cautionary tale, I guess, but it felt, like, empty. And you don't love Tony, so whenever he dies, you're not, yeah. you know. It's just very, like, I don't know. There's just, I just have a lot of issues with that film. Like, I mean, it's obviously very well made and stuff, and it's iconic for a reason, but just personally, I have issues with that movie. Yeah, I feel like. <laughs> I think also, like, you and Which I... Which we've already, you know, if, if you want to hear about those issues, we, uh, please go back and listen to our Scarface episode. <laughs> Which I am very intoxicated. <laughs> the only episode that we've done where I'm very intoxicated. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was gonna say, uh, you know, one of our, our bigger issues with Scarface is him playing a, a Cuban person. And at least for this movie, initially we had issues with him playing a Puerto Rican but Torres initially wrote it to be a Corsican character anyways, because apparently there's a bunch of Corsican immigration in the late 19th century into, into Puerto Rico, so it makes sense for him to be like more Mediterranean, I guess, looking. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yeah, and once you, once you explained that to me, it made a lot more sense, because it's like... <laughs> Cause it's like you see, you see Al Pacino standing next to Louis Guzman, and you're like, "What?" Or even with his cousin in the car, and you're like, "Hmm." Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay. And the way he talks, yeah. yeah. But like I said, that that also kind of I eased into it, and I I ended up liking it. I think I kind of covered everything I wanted to. I just thought it was fucking weird that she made him break her door. <laughs> To prove how much she wanted, oh, yeah. he wanted to fuck her? Uh, maybe that's her kink, breaking doors down. I don't know. Break the fucking chain on my romantic. door. Yeah, I also just love that scene because he comes to her door and he's like, I brought you cheesecake. And then they have this whole, like, interaction. She doesn't want to let him in. She's like, okay, well, you're going to have to break in. He's like, uh, okay, I guess I'll break in. And he breaks in. She's like, where's the fucking cheesecake? Because <laughs> he lied. He's a uh, fucking liar. That goddamn Carlito. What a scamp. I probably would have been like, well, you can <laughs> turn right back around if you don't have cheesecake. <laughs> nah, he was cute. He was cute enough to be 52 and dating a 29-year-old and to not have cheesecake. Well, next movie, he plays a character named Grandpa. So... <laughs> Is that real? <laughs> Yeah, no, in uh, in Two Bits is the next movie. (laughs) Oh, I thought Heat was next. It's a... No, no, Heat comes after. They both came out in 95, but Wikipedia has Two Bits listed first, so... Oh, no. Two Bits is our next movie. I'm probably not going to want to fuck Grandpa. I did a little bit of cursory look at it, and it doesn't seem to have that great a reputation. Um, It seems like people see it as, like, a ripoff of uh, Cinema Paradiso, which is a movie a lot of people like. So, Love that um, movie. We'll see if, how Two Bits turns out. Alpatino <laughs> <laughs> playing the iconic role of Grandpa. <laughs> Peepaw. We'll call him Peepaw Pacino. Yeah, but heat's after the heat, heat is after that. And then I was thinking uh, for 96, before we jump into uh, City Hall... Which is the only other fiction movie we could. We uh, the other movie he did that year was Looking for Richard. So I was thinking we'd probably do 
looking for Richard first and then do City Hall. Just says, like, change it up. Change up his uh, directorial debut and then throw it on City Hall. I don't know. Add a little know. spice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do some final plugs. Um, <laughs> you can follow us at Pacino underscore pod on Twitter. Um, you can listen on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Feel free to give us five stars and review. Uh, the more reviews we have, the better, uh, the more chances we get for listeners, which is what we, we want more. We want people to listen to us ramble on about Al Pacino. Um, We're trying to get Al Pacino do. to hear it someday. Yes. You know, wouldn't it be great if two weeks from now we could have Al Pacino on himself to discuss Looking for Richard? That'd be wonderful, right? That's definitely going to happen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And we'll call it, we'll call it Looking for, Looking for Richard. Yes. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter at StaticBlueBat. And you can follow Callie at... You can follow me at CallieBud. Which uh, is about weed, but that uh, one of my or one of my mutuals this week was like, "Oh, I thought you were just everybody's buddy." Yeah, it works on so many different levels. Yeah, Callie's your par- the parasocial friend of everyone. You know, <laughs> just think of her as your butt. Yeah, it's about that's 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 a wrap, as they say in film. 